You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. Happy Easter. What a great day. What a great day to be together. If you have your Bibles, the passage I want to refer to is actually from the book of Acts, chapter 2. And it will be on your screen if you want to follow along. Um, um, in fact, we'll read it together. We can do that. But if you have a, um, a device you want to follow with or uh, an actual Bible, uh, I understand people still use those sometimes these days. Um, but let's do that. So Acts chapter 2, we're going to go, it says to verse 33, but we're going to cut out a section in the middle. Um, and I'll give you a heads up when that actually happens. So Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. We jump to verse 29. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for such a wonderful day. Lord, a day uh, not just uh, physically that is beautiful, but Lord, because of what it means to us. Lord, in our relationship, once again restored with You. The way it was intended at creation. So, Father, we're just so very grateful for this day and just rejoice, and we are glad in it. Lord, in the next few moments, as we dig a little deeper into what was happening and and what this resurrection day means, uh, Father, I pray that you'd give us insight and discernment. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts as well as to our minds, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's a group of us uh, representing all three of our campuses that meet every Tuesday morning to look at sermons. <clears throat> and usually we're about six weeks out. You know, so we'll meet Tuesday. Actually, we're not meeting this Tuesday. Um, we have a week off. Uh, but, uh, but usually we're planning for the, the series uh, coming up. Which, by the way, you saw a little promo for our upcoming Toxic series, which will start next week. I'm really excited uh, by those. So... Uh, I actually wrote one of those sermons. I'll let you guess which one uh, when we get there. Uh, but it's, uh, it's always interesting when you're writing a sermon for other people to deliver. Um, interesting conversations that we have sitting around the table. Um, but what you get in your worship guide every week, you know, it's the sermon outline. That is the same sermon outline in all three campuses. Uh, so we've worked together on the creation of that. What happens in between? It varies campus to campus, speaker to speaker. Um, And so, you know, we're sitting around the table talking about how we want to set up this sermon and how we want to talk about it. And this whole idea of of the reversal of fortune, if you will. You know, Jesus was dead and then he was alive in the resurrection. And 
you know, you can see the sermon title is called Victory. How do we capture that? Is there, is there a real human illustration? And so we started to talk about what about Walt Disney? You know, remember Walt, some of you remember the Walt Disney story, but he was actually told by one of his publishers or somewhere like that he lacked imagination. Really? You know, you know, so that he didn't have, he wasn't creative enough. And so that was one thing we talked about. Steve Jobs was another. Brilliant mind. He was a dropout of college, didn't finish college. He was literally forced out of the company he founded. And yet turned around and came back and became, Apple became what it is today. Um, J.K. Rowling, the, the author for the uh, Harry Potter series. Um, she was a, a single mother living on welfare. Her first script, her manuscript, was rejected by 12 editors before the first one was published. Today there's over 400 million of her books in print. Um, all these were stories of... You know, and so we're, we're talking about that. And I, to be honest with you, I have no idea where Pastors Farrell and Stan ended up on theirs. But the more I thought about these stories, I realized that they're just, they were lacking for me. They just didn't make the connections. Although they're great stories of overcoming adversity, they really don't compare. They just they don't compare. I mean, this idea of overcoming adversity is one thing, but the idea of overcoming death, like, are you kidding me? What, what do you compare that to? That's kind of the ultimate uh, accomplishment, if you want to look at it, that. There is no comparison to what Jesus did on this day 2,000 years ago. There is no comparison. The religious leaders of Jerusalem, with the help of Rome, collaborated to kill Jesus and put an end to the movement that was emerging among his followers. <clears throat> and they succeeded. Or so they thought. Jesus was dead. They buried him. They actually placed guards in front of his tomb to make sure no one stole the body. The religious leaders thought they had won. They had gotten rid of Jesus. The followers of Jesus thought that they had lost. Jesus was gone. It was all over. Everything that we've been living for and working for the past three years was gone. <clears throat> and yet, in one life-changing resurrection moment, Jesus transformed the cross from a memory of defeat to memorial of victory. Everything changed. Everything changed when that happened. What we understand in the verses I read just a moment ago is that man had a plan, but God trumped it. Satan had a strategy, but God defeated it. And death appeared to be the end, but God reversed it. So what does that mean for us today? What are some of the implications of that reality for us today? Well, here's a few observations I have. <clears throat> One, God can take tragedy and turn it to triumph. The resurrection isn't just important to Christian theology, what we believe. The reality is without the resurrection, there is no Christianity as, at all. So it's not just our faith is weakened, it ceases to exist. There's, everything we believe hinges on the resurrection. It's the one doctrine that elevates Christianity above all other world religions. Nothing else compares. No other religion, no other religious leader makes that claim to have risen from the dead and to um, have overcome death. It's the only one that makes us that unique. The irony is that there is no resurrection without death. You actually have to die to be resurrection. It seems kind of obvious, but we realize that 
the resurrection, you can't get there without the death. You've got to go through that. There had to be death. John 16.33 says, uh, Jesus is talking, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You will have trouble. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the words of Jesus do we find that says that you will never have any problems. This idea that come to Jesus and everything will be fine, it's like, I don't know what life you're living, but it sure hasn't been my case. You know? um, But nowhere in Scripture are we promised that. Jesus says time and again, you will have trouble. Life is a struggle. But I will be there with you. I will walk through it with you. In this case, it says, I have overcome death. I have overcome the world. You might be sitting here today in what seems like a hopeless situation. I want to tell you in no uncertain terms, there is hope. In Jesus, there's always hope. God can take tragedy and turn it to triumph. Second observation is this. God can take impossibilities and turn them into places of opportunity. Some of you uh, may know or be familiar with uh, Luke Lang. He's our middle school pastor at the Cornelius at the Cornelius campus. Um, Luke has been fighting cancer um, for the last almost year, about ten months now, um, nine months, ten months. Um, we've captured. He's he's shared with us his story. So I'm actually gonna we're actually gonna watch it on screen, um, and I'll come back and tie a couple things in how it, how it fits in with what we're talking about here. My name is Luke, and I find myself living in the middle of a miracle. Uh, Last summer, I went to my doctor, Dr. Michael Thomas, just a routine over 50 checkup. He found something that he was concerned about. He was concerned about some some masses in my stomach, and uh, I tried to convince him that they were just the tacos I had eaten the night before. He didn't go for that. He insisted that I get it tested, and uh, on July 9th, 2018, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So when we were diagnosed, we decided to fight. So we gave our, the tumors a name, the belly bully, and we decided that we were going to, to beat them up. And uh, we, we cried, and we prayed, and we cried more. And I didn't ask why. I didn't ask why, because why is a question that is quicksand. It just, just leaves you sinking in a million other questions. So I asked God, what, what now? Okay, we're dealing with this. What do we do, Lord? And uh, he just said, show them how to fight with joy. Show the people how to fight with joy. So that's what I've been trying to do. I didn't know how hard that would be. But I also, uh, I've come to realize that uh, it's just a, a matter of Just focusing, changing your focus and realizing and just the way I live and and what I choose to focus on, what I choose to talk about. There's joy in the little things. There's joy in my granddaughter's giggle. There's joy in in a cup of soup. There's joy in the little things. Uh, 
but but the ultimate joy comes through Christ and you just help people see that you help people find their joy wherever they can find it until they can find it in the arms of, of their their heavenly father that's the wild thing is is just sitting in the infusion chair uh, you meet a lot of people and they're all hurting and they're all suffering and uh, you just try to give them hope you just try to let them know that they are not the disease don't let it define them that, that they are loved and even in the midst of all of it, even in the midst of all the pain, there is joy and there is great hope and there is a reason to keep fighting. He made some uh, very powerful statements. Um, it's hard not to get... <laughs> can't look at that soon. Um he said, I'm living in the middle of a miracle. Now, what he means by that is, he isn't saying, I'm better. I'm better. What he says, in the midst of this, something miraculous is occurring. In the midst of all this, I'm able to look through the lens of, look at life with joy. And not only that, but help people come to that place in their own lives and their own struggles. That's the miracle. I also love the fact he said, I don't ask why. He said, that's just quicksand. I love that analogy. Just that swirling emotion, and you're sinking with a million other questions. Oh, what a great thing. Just ask God what. Not why, but what. What is it you're wanting to do, Lord, in this season? I also love his comment. I, want, I feel God has called me to help people find their joy wherever they can find it until, until they find it in the arms of their Heavenly Father. Wow, what amazing, amazing gift. Don't let your circumstances define you. In the midst of all the pain, there is joy. There is great hope. Ultimately, our hope is in Jesus. Romans chapter 8, the verse says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword... As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. In the First Corinthians we read this, But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So God can take tragedy and turn it to triumph. God can take impossibilities and turn them into places of opportunity. And God can take what others meant for harm and turn it for good. Those of you who were here last week, you'll recall I showed a clip from the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, C.S. Lewis um, just has this really creative way of capturing incredible theological ideas and portray them into an animated um, uh, exchange of people. And so last week we talked about just uh, Aslan, who's the lion, um, who is the Christ figure within the story. He represents Jesus throughout the whole the series. And, uh, you know, so last week we, we saw where he made a deal with the evil queen, Satan, for the life of Edmund, even though Edmund, under the laws that were in place at the time, deserved death. 
And so we saw that exchange there. Um, I've got another little clip. Today's Movie Sunday. Um, it's funny. It was like, do you always have it? No, we really don't. But uh, today we do. So I, I thought this one, again, Lewis just really conveys a theological idea here in a very creative way. Uh, so watch the screens. sacrifice. She might have interpreted the deep magic differently. That when a willing victim who has committed no treachery is killed in a traitor's stead, the stone table will crack, and even death itself would turn backwards. We sent the news that you were dead. Peter and Evan will have gone to war. We have to help them. We will, dear one, but not alone. Climb on my back. We have far to go, and much of time to get there. It's important to cover your ears. I've probably seen that clip 30 times in the last couple of weeks, and it makes me cry every time. Just, just is that powerful. Just, he did such a great job. I love what he said there. He said, if the witch knew the true meaning of sacrifice, she might have interpreted the deep magic differently. Basically, that, that in this context, Satan had a plan and understood life in a certain way and thought that getting rid of Jesus was going to end once and for all God's plan, God's intent to redeem humanity. Humanity had been lost. And that Jesus was the last hope. And he thought by getting rid of him, everything would now be his. And yet, we know that that didn't happen. I love it. it. says, when you have the innocent victim who sacrifices their life, how, how do you phrase it? It says, uh, the stone will crack and even death itself will turn backwards. How cool is that? What an amazing idea. What a way of, of capturing it. See, here's the thing. In the Old Testament, we see uh, the story of David where Samuel the prophet has been called by God said, all right, you need to find the new king. I don't, I'm rejecting Saul. 
um, you need to find a new one. I said, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. He's got a son there. One of his sons is going to be the next king. Samuel goes there. So says, all right, call in your sons. And he doesn't tell him why. He just says, call in your sons. And so Jesse, the father, calls in all of the sons except David. He literally intentionally doesn't call David in. Still in the midst of that, God, Samuel's understood that, wait, none of these, you brought, this isn't the one, is there another one? I mean, who would ask that question? That just seems like an odd question to ask. Because why, is there another one? I mean, who would be holding back his son? Um, but yet he did, that's, and David came in. And so here, here's what, here's what that, that tells me. And you've heard me say this many times, you'll probably hear me say it many times in the future. Nothing. No one can keep God from accomplishing His purposes in your life. Nothing, no one can keep God from doing that. Not human effort, not even the plans of Satan himself. Nothing can keep God from accomplishing His plans in your life. God can take what others meant for harm and turn it for good. Lastly, God can take death and turn it to life. Jesus was dead. And then he was alive. And it wasn't like his heart stopped for only a few minutes. You know, it's like, oh, he died, but then they did CPR and he came back to life. Um, Jesus was dead for about 40 hours. Friday afternoon to Sunday morning. It's about 40 hours that he was dead. And, and again, it's not like he was on life support where they were keeping him going while until he could recover. Then he was somehow rejuvenated. No, he was dead, and then he was alive. Never to die again. We know from Acts later on that Jesus, after spending about 40 days walking with his followers, returned to heaven um, in the clouds. And because he conquered physical death, we now have spiritual life with our Heavenly Father for all eternity. Ephesians chapter 2 says that because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Resurrection is the day Jesus triumphed over the grave. It saved us from our sins and gave meaning to our world. Because Jesus rose victoriously, we have victory today. You know, I'm conscious of the fact that some of you may be here for less than noble reasons. In, in other words, I know that Christmas and Easter, two big times where people come. And so you may be here because, uh, you know, your spouse or loved one or said, oh, please come to me once a year. Would you come to church with me? Or, and that's fine. I get that. <laughs> but here's the thing. What we've learned today is that God can take the worst of, tra- of intentions and transform them into moments of miracle. So you may look at your being here today as just you know, something you're doing to, as part of a family arrangement or an agreement, and I want to suggest that you might be here because God wanted you here. And... I guess why I want to just want to say this is that Jesus has done everything that needs to be done to restore relationship with our Heavenly Father. We, we can't earn it. There's nothing you can do today that would cause God to love you any more than He already does. 
conversely, there's nothing you can do today that would cause him to love you any less than he already does. God loves you completely and totally. And Jesus, with his death and resurrection, has done everything that needs to be done. There is no price to be paid. The only thing that we do need to do is just surrender our life to him. We need to surrender our life to Jesus and give all of our lives to him. Jesus, like he did with his disciples, he calls all of us to come and follow him. That's what we're called to do, follow Jesus. And if you've never done that, you've never given your life to Jesus, today's your day. Today's your day. You can have a new life in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're very grateful for the resurrection of Jesus. Because of his life, we have life. We have life in Jesus. We have life, restored life with our Heavenly Father today. Father, for that, we're incredibly grateful. Lord, Easter isn't just a seasonal change. It's, it's not about just a, a, a theological posture, Lord. It's the, the hope that we have because of the resurrection. We have hope in the resurrection and through the resurrection. So, Father, if there's any here this day who maybe have lost sight of that fact, maybe the cares of life, the activities, events of life have come in and, and uh, Lord, just kind of taken over. Father, I pray that they would be reminded of the, the primacy of your love in, of, in our lives. Father, that we would, again, surrender ourselves to you. Lord, if there's anyone here who has never done that, Maybe they've even gone to church and they've lived a good life and and they're a good person, but they've never taken that step to surrender their life to you. Father, may they do that even now. Just a verbal, God, I surrender my life to you this day. May they have the courage and the strength to take that step. So, Father, take us broken vessels, Father, and use us for your purposes. Lord, as we continue to follow you, to pursue you, in every area of our life. Thank you, Father, for the love that you showed us. Because of your love, Jesus came, conquered death, and Lord, that uh, we have right relationship with you. Father, it's in the name of Jesus that I pray all these things. Amen. Um, if you pray to that prayer or something similar to that prayer as I was praying, I would love the chance just to connect with you after we're done. Just come up and just say, hey, I just want you to know I prayed that prayer. I, I, just, I would just love to be able to solidify that with you. I, would just, I just think it's an honor to have that opportunity. Um, just as you're, we're getting ready to leave, um, as you leave here, just a couple of things to remind you about. One, um, again, that toxic series. You've actually got a little card in your worship guard, a guide. Um, take that and uh, share that with someone. Invite them to come to church for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think it would be a, a great opportunity for them. Um, some of you are aware of the fact that this is, this is more of a heads up. Um, we've given, um, because of the growth, because of what we're seeing happening, I felt the need we need to make a few shifts in, among leadership. Um, and so what, what the decision's been made, um, and we've finished actually the last of our meetings yesterday, um, we're going to be moving Kate out of children's ministry, instead of uh, a children's pastor, she's going to be pastor of family ministry. She's going to have direct leadership responsibilities for middle school and high school kids. 
um, Alex Lemmings is going to be stepping in and be providing leadership and direction for children's ministry, elementary age. Um, then Carl Schwieber just going to continue doing uh, work with the nursery. Um, I can't be more excited by what's happening here. And as I met with these individuals and we're talking and planning, we've still got a lot of steps before we can pull the trigger and make this happen. Um, but I just wanted you to be aware of this is happening um, and that we are taking uh, very tangible, practical steps to make this happen. But we just we just feel like we've got to do something to address just the dynamics with our middle school and high school kids. Um, and the more time I spend with Kate uh, and just see what God's calling her, I said, this is a no-brainer. Um, and so I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. I'm just really excited about that. Um, you've got one more a week for the, the hygiene products that we're, we're collecting. Remember, we had almost 200, we had 292 kids that are classified as homeless in the Statesville School District. Um, they're living in a motel. They're doubling up with someone else that just they just don't have their own home. We, we wanted to fit, we wanted to help that. Um, you may have noticed tables when you came in. We have food. You may have, have actually smelt it now that the doors are opened. And uh, stick around. You say, well, I didn't bring anything. Most people didn't. We're providing a lot of that. And so just stick around. Uh, get to meet people. Enjoy. Connect. Um, we're actually going to end our time with a, with a bang. So um, we're a song, not a literal bang. Um, <laughs> You have to be careful the words you use these days. Um, so I'm going to give the benediction, and then um, uh, Julie and the team are going to lead us in a song as we uh, leave here this morning, all right? So let's stand. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.